to Flower Hour. A podcast completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Los Angeles. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. I love this time of year when we get to use our holiday music. Me too. I'm always uh, kind of like confessing that I'm not a super festive holiday person. I think it's all the rules. Yeah, it's all the rules. Like you're supposed to use red and green and like, you know, I I like my freedom and and I want to eat spices in the summer and peaches in the winter if I want to (laughs) and and just, uh, you know, go my own way. Anyway, though, when I hear our different theme songs, there was one you did in the summer that I really loved. It had ocean waves and remember that it was like yes. coming back from spring break or something or yeah, yep, yep. That's one of my favorites. And then this holiday one, it just puts me in the mood. Like it takes a Scrooge heart and puts me right in the middle of it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you allow me to play with our theme song just like. I would play with the beautiful cake waiting to be uh, frosted. There's no allowing to it. I just, I absolutely love it. It's a gift to me and I think to our listeners. And if you're listening and you're like, what are they talking about? Jeremiah does our theme song top to bottom, the composition, the performance, the recording, the editing. I mean, it's such a gift to us and our podcast experience. And I really appreciate the effort that you put in and it's, it just makes it so unique and lovely. So thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Well, it's so good to be talking to you. It's been a while since we've had a conversation with each other in on the podcast. Obviously, we've been talking to each other behind the scenes, but we've really missed you all. And it's been important that we we make this time to have a chat. We just couldn't skip the holiday season. It's an unusual one this year for you in particular, but we both talked and we just, we love doing this podcast so much and we love talking about baking and it's baking go time. So we just couldn't let it pass us by. And and I'm so happy to be here with you. Me too. And I felt it was really important that I tell you all why that we've been kind of Well, not kind of. We've definitely been laying low. And it's because um, my grandmother, who is, if you've listened to any of our episodes, you'll have learned that she's a big part of my life and completely a foundational maternal element to me. And she was, I believe we recorded with her on our kids episode. And I've definitely talked in the past about spending more time with her as her health declined and her health did just take another turn and she just started hospice care. So I've, I've really had to pull back on my commitments um, and able in order to be with her and be with um, my family and also just to manage these new feelings for me. I've never lost someone close to me and especially someone who's basically like my mother. Um, and it's just, it's, as a lot of, you know, it's very hard and having it happen during the holidays just sort of amplifies that. I never thought I'd be one of someone who was experiencing grief at the holidays, but life definitely, um, has its own plans and um, where she's at right now is she's in a very good place and we're able to spend lots of time with her and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the, these moments and it's um, I'm just thankful for all of you for all your patience as we've sort of taken our time to release, to release episodes. 
Of course. And I think, uh, I could speak on behalf of me and our listeners and we're just sending love and light and all the best times of togetherness and, and processing and everything that you need during this time. And, and also admiration. I think that you're always exceptional in all the different seasons of your life. I've seen many by now and, and you're really good at prioritizing <clears throat> and just, excuse me, spending time on the things that are most important. And we talk a lot about baking and how we bake for loved ones and how it is such a community. And it's, it's, it's as much as you may bake in an isolated situation. Sometimes it's very rare that you make a cake and then sit and eat it all by yourself or a pie and sit and eat it all by yourself or a batch of cookies and eat it all by yourself. And so the people that we bake for are a part of this whole conversation and the people that have baked for us. So I I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners and, and behind the scenes as well with me, because it's an honor to know you and, and hopefully support you some during this time. So thank you. Oh, it means so much. And that support that, I mean, if you know anyone who's going through something during the holidays or any time of life, it's amazing how much knowing that these people in your life support you and are there for you. It just, it makes a world of difference as you ride the waves of, of loss and grief and, um, all of those, um, those difficult feelings. So thank you as well for being such an amazing friend to me. Of course. I love you. And I'm there for you as much as I can be from a distance. And, and, uh, I just know you'll, you'll come through, all of your life, but even this experience with, uh, just the best possible way with grace and, and, and just like you handle everything else. So we have to talk about baking and what's been great is when my grandmother's had good days, we will definitely wheel her into the kitchen so we can do some stuff together and she can be with, be with me and my aunt or my mom as we're, we're trying to make some of her favorite things, or I need to test something for a class or for my book. And, um, I just, I, I know that you've been sharing your baked goods with a lot of wonderful people that you might not even know, or maybe some of them you do know what you've been all over the place. So tell us what you've been up to. Oh my gosh. I need a, I need a nap and a cocktail and a warm blankie and just, I need to rest because it has been uh, an intense last weekend, especially. So this past weekend I had three cookie swaps, a, a packed cake class. And then I also, I, you know, it's like, what are you, a maniac? I also made an extra batch of cookies with my kids just because my daughter really, really wanted to. So I had first, I had the bake from scratch cookie swap, which I was so thrilled to be invited to and to get to attend. And as you would imagine, bake from scratch is, is nothing shabby. It was glamorous and it was beautiful and it was cozy and, and just the loveliest time. They had a bunch of nice bakers there. I mean, I say nice bakers, but are there that many mean bakers? Like, I mean, if you go to a baker party, you can pretty much assume, I mean, not that there's not an occasional bad apple, but for the most part, you can assume it's going to be a good time. So we had the best time swapping cookies. And as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about a previous holiday episode. We did the cookie episode where we had Brian Hart Hoffman, who's the editor in chief of Bake From Scratch and Aaron Clarkson, who's Cloudy Kitchen on Instagram do a whole cookie episode. So if you're getting hungry for cookies after you listen to this, that's a great episode with lots of 
tips and tricks and recipes and, and ideas and just all things cookies. So catch up on that if you haven't listened. But anyway, the bake from scratch cookie swap, swap was great. I got to see displaced housewife, my friend Becky there. And then my cookie swap date pretty much for the whole weekend was better with butter on Instagram, but his name is Chris Tucker and just the loveliest baker. Um, he was on the great American baking show season four, I believe. Am I saying that right? Jeremiah? I'm so bad with numbers. Okay. I think so. So he was there and it was just a great time. And then I went from that cookie swap to a cake class, which was a packed cake class. And we had the best time. Like you, you wonder, I think, or at least I do when I create these classes and I say classes plural, cause I have a new one coming. I've been doing the same class over and over and over. And I'm like, I never want to do something that's stale or boring, or if I've like tapped out all the people, but this one sold out and doing the class felt just as fresh, if anything, a little more well-oiled than the first time. And it, it's such a gift to me. Like I'm standing there and I'm like, doing my thing. And I'm like, this is what I love. It's what I love. It's cake and it's art and it's creativity and it's fun. And so that was really awesome. And then I went to the next cookie swap again with Chris better with butter. We went to the feed feed. They have a new location here in Los Angeles because they are New York city based. They are New York to the core. That's kind of their their place. And and that's been where they've been. They've done, you know, kind of satellite events before, but this is their second space. It's in downtown Los Angeles. It's gorgeous. It's like this really chic warehouse situation, super high ceilings, huge marble kitchen. And they threw a great event. I have to say like the idea of going to a party and just mingling around and you know, taking your cookies and introducing yourself to strangers sounds like torture to me. That's just not my thing. But I was like, you know, it's good to do these things. I want to go. And it was a blast. And that's a complete genuine statement. It was just so much fun. They had wreath making. And I've learned, you know, in the last few years, just how much I love making stuff. That's who I am. It's what I do. And I kind of am realizing it doesn't really matter. I just want to make stuff. So I got really into making this wreath. It was really fun. And then we were making cookies and then we were making hot chocolate mix and we were eating food and meeting really nice bakers again. So thank you to the feed feed for that great experience. And then we had my neighborhood cookie swap. So our street, we have this one lady, she's like the mayor of our street and she organizes everybody and plans events on her driveway. And we just gather up and swap cookies. And I have to say my neighbors would hold their own uh, at a baker swap. Like these neighbors, they threw down, like the cookies were really good. You know, we've talked about peanut butter blossoms on here before. Yeah. I love them. Okay. So if you're listening and you're like, what, what, what peanut butter blossoms? So it's the peanut butter cookie that you take the chocolate Hershey's kiss and and plunk it in the middle while it's um, the cookies out of the oven and it's still warm. So one of my neighbors twisted it and she made tahini blossoms. Oh, I'm all for that. Sign me up. They were delicious and adorable. I saw them. I'm like, oh, this nostalgic cookie that I love. And then I tasted it and it was an, uh, it was a flavor experience. I was so excited. So anyway, the neighbors did a great job and 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 then we had a couple of other like non-baking things going on. And today, if you hear any background noise, my son's 
homesick from school. Tis the season for that as well. But uh, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. We've been baking, baking, baking. Oh, I can't finish without talking about this. My little baking palooza tale. So my daughter, okay, you guys know, like, I really like the abstract. And I mentioned, I don't love being pigeonholed by you have to do green and yellow, or you have to do on Valentine's pink stuff or whatever. Like it just, it grates on my nerves. If I'm totally honest, like I just, I don't like it. And, and, but being a mother means compromising and being open to other people's agendas, even in your own home. And my daughter is, is a very literal person. She wants a pink cake on Valentine's day. She doesn't want some abstract interpretation by her wacky mother. She wants the cake she wants. And so we were flipping around on Instagram together, just looking at pictures and every cookie she saw that like looked like a wreath or looked like a Santa face or looked like a snowman. She's like, why don't we make anything like that? So we made a whole batch of Christmas cookies of uh, gingerbread and just decorated in the most literal red and green explosion kind of way. And it was really fun. I just have to say it was really fun. So shout out to Gemma. Thank you, Gemma, for, for making me be festive. <laughs> <laughs> Family has a way of um, inviting you to enjoy the holidays in ways maybe you wouldn't have planned. Yes. And it's lovely and it's wonderful. So I just jumped on her wagon. I bought all these cookie cutters and, you know, I like a minimal kitchen. I was like, Oh my God, I have all these single use cookie cutters now, but I'll survive. And it was, it was really fun. My husband joined in like all four of us, we were just cooking it up. So it was, it was lovely. I love it. But rewind, tell us what you brought to these cookie swaps and any other cookies that stood out to give, to give me and our listeners some ideas about what could be cool to do this year. Okay. So from the bake feed cookie swap, there were two cookies. I'll have to say like none of them were bad. So it's not like there were only two good cookies. All the cookies were excellent, but the two that popped to my mind super fast is, and this is not me sucking up to Brian Hart Hoffman, who is the host, but his cookie was the fruitcake cookie that he spoke about when he was on the podcast last year. Right. And I know we both wanted to taste it. Right. Oh yeah. So he spoke on the podcast last year about a cookie that his grandfather used to make where he would take a fruit cake, crunch it up, a boxed cake mix, combine the two with like eggs and I think some oil possibly, and then make cookies from those. And he made this fruit cake cookie, but he, you know, his magazine is baked from scratch. And he's like, that's not a bake from scratch recipe. So he rebooted it. He redid the recipe and he made it from scratch and I tasted it. And it was just like, so nostalgic. I I just got the chills. Like I wish you guys could see, but I got the chills. It was so nostalgic. And so it was so fruitcake. I just loved it. And it was a very unique cookie. I just, I haven't tasted a cookie quite like that before. And the texture was lovely. It was really soft and kind of it like crumbled when you bit it, but not in a bad way. It just like kind of collapsed in your mouth. It was so pleasant. Anyway, that was a standout and then no surprise. So Becky, who's, I just mentioned displaced housewife. She's been on to talk about her book, 
the cookie book, I knew her cookie was going to be amazing. So she made her burnt sugar ginger cookies. And I don't know if that's the exact perfect name, but if you have her book, it's enough, you could find it. So she makes a caramel and then puts it into the ginger cookie. So you have these like really rich, bitter, deep caramel notes combined with that sweet cookie that, you know, it's coated in sugar, but then the ginger and the molasses, I mean, it is the best ginger cookie. And like, I just made ginger cookies for the neighbors and with my kids, like it was way better. Like this cookie is awesome. So those were standouts at the swap. Um, so both swaps, I took the same cookie shameful. I know, but I can only do so much. I took my gingerbread fudge, the recipes on my website, <clears throat> go Dying on there, go on there, get it, make it. It's awesome. I was determined. I'm like, I know it's not a cookie technically, but it's gluten-free. It's a good option for people who need that. And I just wanted to make it and I wanted to eat some more of it. It's super delicious. So that's what I made at both swaps and kind of on that fudge note. So at the feed feed husbands that cook, they were there, Ryan and Adam, uh, they have a book. I think it's by that name, Husbands That Cook. So if you want to look for that, they do a lot of savory things, but they do baking too. They made this fudge. It was chocolate fudge and it had nuts in it. And it was just so, it's the recipes in their book. I need to look at it and see how they did it. But it was just so fluffy and lovely. And like, I, I took two pieces. You're only supposed to take one of each cookie, but I was like, well, fudge is kind of small. And so I took two pieces and I ate them both. They, they were delicious. So that was a standout for me for sure from that swap. And then at my neighbor's swap, the tahini blossoms. Hello. Just amazing. That might have to happen if I can squeeze it into my schedule. I, I've been dying for the peanut butter ones because that's another one of my grandmother's classic Christmas cookies. But, oh, to have a tahini version. Mm. Yeah, it really made my mind rove around because I'm going, could you do it with hazelnut butter? Like all the nut butters. Like it seems like yeah, a quick way to kind of revamp it if you need to. Not that you need to, but you could. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, so you mentioned that you've been cooking and baking as much as you can with your grandmother. And you said some of her favorite things, would you mind telling me, I would love to know, like if you, if you were just baking like something for her and it was her favorite thing, what would she request? What is her favorite? Well, one of the things that I was testing for my upcoming Portuguese Christmas class and then um, also for my book uh, is a Portuguese fried dessert called Sonyush, which means dreams. Mm. And it's basically deep fried patachou. So oh if you had a, if you've had a crew you had a cruller donut, that that kind of thing. But I feel like the um, put in like spoonfuls of the dough into the oil or you could use a cookie scoop, I'm sure. But, um, so they're just these round puffs, like, like a profiterole they end up being, but they're really, really light. And she, I made them for, and she's like, Oh my gosh, this, she just, she hadn't really had, you know, that kind of dough deep fried and she just lost it. She loved it. <laughs> she loved it. So that made me so happy. She's like, Oh, this is better than our family's like traditional, like we call them filos or malasadish recipe, um, where it's, you know, just, yeasted fried dough. She loved it. She loved it. And, um, the family and her have been craving our, her, her traditional Christmas cookies. So I'm going to start baking my way through those pretty soon. Um, and I have to tell you all about this amazing service that one of my baking students told me about. Um, and it's, 
what they do is you send in one of your family's handwritten recipes and they will print it on a kitchen towel. So I hope none of my family's listening because I ordered them all like one of our favorite recipes of hers that she hand wrote, you know, decades ago. And it's all going to be printed on a beautiful kitchen towel. And that's going to be one of my Christmas gifts to them. And I'm just so excited for them to have that. Um, it's such a, so it's beautiful, beautiful idea. Sadly, I think their cutoff to order for to get delivery by Christmas is already passed, but I'll put the the website in our show notes because, I mean, you could give that to someone any time of the year and they'd be thrilled. And the the company is really sweet. They send you proofs um, back and forth so you can really get the recipe to look the way you want it. For instance, my grandmother's recipes are all on those three by five cards with lines, you know, and they will take the lines out for you or put them back in or like make the the lettering a little, you know, thicker so it shows up. So there's a, they, they really take care of you. Anyway, so that's a really cool service. And then, um, the cookies I'm we're all looking forward to making are her, um, and I think they're both on my website. One is um, these um, date and walnut cookies, and then another one is a date and walnut cookie with chocolate. It's <laughs> a lot of dates, and then um, a coconut cookie, and I'm trying to think what else. And then her, she has an amazing sugar cookie recipe that uses sour cream and the really soft. Um, and unusual for such an old cookie. So I think those are those are the four or five that come to mind that we'll be enjoying together very soon. Sounds amazing. And I love that tea towel gift idea. I'm like, that's so smart. And you're right for year round, like any sort of birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, any of those type holidays. I think that would be a great present. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So thank you, Janine Rocha, if you're listening from my baking class for giving me that website. Okay, well... We can't let this uh, episode pass us by without a quick congratulatory cheering you on, rooting you on uh, moment for the new bakers on the Great American Baking Show season five. Can you believe it? I'm so excited for them. I, I watched the first couple episodes and it's a great season already. And yet we definitely wish you all the best. Enjoy the ride. We'll be cheering you on. And I think I can finally officially say it, but I got to visit the tent this summer when they were filming and it was so much fun. Well, yeah, just, just like you said, to echo that, just sending our congratulations. And I always like to, to kind of like reiterate, 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 if you make it on the show that, or any of these baking shows, the audition process is such a process and the passion it takes to get on the show. If you go out the first week or the last week or somewhere in the middle, congratulations, you've just accomplished something major. And I hope you just feel that deeply and, and live with that pride forever. You earned it. Absolutely. Well, what are you up to today? Are you baking anything today? <laughs> I wish I'm going to the dentist today and, uh, the post office. It's like the, the, the two most horrible things, but I'll survive. I'm, I'm tough and I'm, I've got a belly full of cookies, so <laughs> I can handle it. Probably why I'm going to the dentist, but yeah, so it'll be great. What about you? Are you baking today? I am. I am. I, I am preparing for my Christmas classes and I have an order for, um, some Portuguese sweets. And so I'm working on this Portuguese king cake today. And if you've seen my Instagram, it's the one that's kind of covered in and candied fruit and nuts, and it kind of looks crownish and it's really fun to decorate. And I know people are always turned off by the candied fruits and dried fruits this time of year, but I'm telling you, I was 
I was you until I kind of, well, I had my cousin's fruitcake in the Azores and it was just not your typical fruitcake. And I think if you want to kind of dip your toe into that world, it's, it's totally customizable. You get to choose what you use. So I always, I think I started with dried figs because that was a dried fruit that I've always loved and it felt, it felt chic and not not whatever I thought fruit cake was. And then I started adding other fruits that I thought were, were amazing. And I started canning my own fruit and which is really easy. And I know in your book, there's a beautiful recipe of how to candy citrus. Um, but you can even go to Trader Joe's and get beautifully candied oranges and lemons ready to go. And so if you choose the fruit and you make it fun for you, people will love it. It's, it's always delicious. Um, just stay away from that can that bright colored stuff of it scares you <laughs> give fruitcake a chance and if not fruitcake something else with candied fruit for sure i'm totally with you i i have gone through very anti candied fruit phases but it's it's kind of awesome so i totally embrace it these days why not and there's usually liquor involved so i'm always there for that <laughs> so there's that <laughs> Is that a good way to send us off on that note? <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers to your holiday baking season. Yes. Cheers to you all. Cheers to you, Jeremiah. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.